Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? This weekend, CBS will complete an unprecedented TV Grand Slam as it broadcasts its fourth major in 10 months, the second of two PGA championships, bookending two Masters. Last August, anchor Jim Nance and lead analyst Sir Nick Faldo forecast a career-changing time for a streaky golfer. Now, Nance notes no one has dominated with five different major winners, including NBC's broadcast of the U.S. Open last September and he plans to savor this summer before a major hibernation. If you circle back to, to that call that we had prior to Harding, uh, we got into a discussion point about this stretch of golf over the next 11 months. I said I thought it was the, the greatest stretch of major championship golf, and you could argue in the history of the game. I wasn't trying to pump anything up. It was not about hyperbole here. It was just about pure numbers of having seven majors in an 11-month stretch, unprecedented. And this is the fifth of the seven to be contested. Now, again, just looking back on it, it had been 13 months since the world had gathered for a major when we got to San Francisco. So zero in 13 months, suddenly you got seven and 11. And you, you look at you know what's happened. Uh, Nick made some great comments at that time on that call about you could make a career in less than a year, if you really set your mind to it. We have not had a repeat winner through the first four, but I mean, we've had tremendous storylines and and uh, really highly credentialed players who have won. And Morikawa now, of course, getting credentialed with his win there and uh, presenting himself as now one of the real stars in this game for a long time. So from Morikawa to DeChambeau to DJ at Augusta, to Matsuyama at Augusta. I mean, it has been really, I think, uh, a good time for the game during a very difficult backdrop. And now, you know, the world is, um, at least here in the U.S. anyway, things are there's sunnier skies. And and uh, I think this is a this is kind of a, a really neat stretch. I mean, one of these majors, perhaps somebody's going to double up during that 11-month window. Maybe it'll be one of those four to get a second leg. Uh, I'm anxious to see, you know, and then right behind it, of course, you, you know, you've got Tory and Royal St. George's. So I love it. I'm honestly, I'm as, as someone who wakes up every day worried about the state of golf and major championship golf, the PGA tour. Um, I'm going to miss having this many majors in a row, kind of gotten, kind of getting used to it now, uh, but we'll get to, uh, to the summer. And when the last one of the seven is played at the open championship, we'll have to wait a long time again until, Augusta circles back on the schedule in April. For the second consecutive PGA Championship, CBS and ESPN will team up for full first tee to final putt coverage from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern for the first two rounds and 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern for the final 36 holes. On Thursday and Friday, watch ESPN Plus from 7 a.m. to 1 p.m. 
and ESPN from 1 to 7 p.m. On Saturday and Sunday, it'll be ESPN Plus from 8 to 10 a.m., ESPN from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m., and CBS from 1 to 7 p.m. Nance, who references producer Sellers Shy, looks forward to the total concentration it takes to cover the tournament for half the hours in a day, each day. Last year was the first time we had ever done, like, first shot to last shot in collaboration with ESPN. So much of that is ES, is uh, in the ESPN coverage is CBS technicians, CBS production people. I think that's lost on people. Um, and people try to say, well, their coverage was like this, the CBS coverage was like that. Wait a minute, it's the exact same people. You guys, if you're trying to differentiate, it's all coming from the exact same production and technical teams. And people work long hours on the production and technical side. I mean, it's incredible what that undertaking involves. Um, but you live in a bubble for four days, sellers. I think you could speak to this. The, you really do. You shut out the world. It's You're living on every shot. You don't want to just like take two hours off to go work out or take a walk because you just don't want to miss the movement of the tournament. And um, by the end of the week, you can pretty much you have it seared in your brain about, well, let's see, Rory, what did he do on Friday? That's right. He did this, 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 and this. You, you've never let it go. You've never let it out of sight. You've just, you've had to block out the rest of the universe because you're living a four-day all-encompassing event shot by shot at a major. And I love that, whether it's PGA Championship or Augusta. What's it take to tell the story of a major golf tournament? Key members of the CBS golf team explain their routines beginning with producer Shy, who has a unique way of determining his timing for a broadcast. You'll also hear from Faldo, lead on-course reporter Dottie Pepper, and Nance, who remembers a 2012 walk with course designer Pete Dye, who passed away in January of 2020. I actually walk from green to tea, and I time it, and that enables me to understand whether I'm able to go to a full-blown commercial, which we know how long those are, or a little short promo because it's right off the tee, is right off the green. So I, as I said, that's it's not very exciting and it's not super, I'm not superstitious in that sense, but um, it's extremely helpful to me. And if, if you're wondering about here, the, the tees are just right on top of the greens here. At most of them, except for uh, 12 to 13 and then uh, 17 to 18, they're all right there. So there aren't many opportunities. So the opportunities to be after they hit their tee shots. So, um, as I said, not exciting, but, but that's one of my core principles in, in, in making sure that, that we're able to get as live as much as possible. If there was a long walk, then we could go to commercial and get back live. But since it's just a 20, 30 foot walk uh, or 20 yard walk, I guess, um, you know, you, all the tee shots would be on tape. So it changes your your overall philosophy and how to cover a tournament. I'd call that excellent preparation. I'm sellers that. I like to look around the green so I'm confident when somebody misses the green right, I can scream out, no chance, or he has a chance. So I, you know, I like, I like to do that so I know all the areas, the depth of the bunkers, so we can quickly describe the difficulty of a shot, whether it is 
just short of impossible or this should be very doable. So I think that for me is uh, important on my call. My situation, having been a resident there for a while and played so much golf at the ocean course, um, I'm still going to go walk all 18 holes because I think it's important to put your feet on the ground and really feel and understand what, what the golf course is giving you that week. And, and from a personal perspective, I want to, I want to know where I can call shots from and not have my voice travel. Uh, in this situation, I'm going to be looking for where our alligators are not. <laughs> and also, um, you know, where, where I can easily exit the green. So there's usually uh, a sign somewhere up or around the green surround where the players exit to go to the next tee. So I want to be able to find that place. So I need to get there to call a shot and then be able to quickly get ahead uh, to go to the next hole. I, I know where that is without a lot of people being around. So I, I kind of know my where I can bob and weave through and, and call the shot without being in the player's way or, or in a camera shot. So uh, it, it's really putting your feet on the ground. And then Wednesday, I always go back out and recheck the things that didn't, didn't seem super sharp in my mind after seeing it the first time. Same thing. It's what you would expect, I guess. Uh, I, I just have, if you call it a routine uh, of late on Wednesday when uh, there, there's less congestion and traffic, uh, and there are a few players on the course, too. I, I walk all 18 with Tommy Spencer. Tom's been my, uh, you know, colleague now. I've been his colleague, I should say, for 27 years. He's our editorial consultant and hugely important part of, of what we do at all levels, and particularly on my end for golf and the NFL. And we love Wednesdays at the PGA Championship. Getting reacquainted with courses that are, you know, we've, we, we we're familiar with, or in some cases getting to know new courses and, and, and just walking all 18. And Tom was with me that time. We, we had that, uh, that, that walk with uh, Mr. Dye back in 2012. And we'll be doing it again this uh, Wednesday, the two of us. And I'm sure we'll be talking about Pete and trying to come back with some of the things that he told us. I guarantee you, Tommy has some notes. So uh, we'll be digging into those. Nine years ago, Rory McIlroy dominated this week's venue, the Ocean Course in Kiwa Island, South Carolina, on the way to the PGA Championship. While Shy recalls the operations that went into broadcasting a waterlogged event, Nance uses McIlroy's magical weekend to instruct his son how to play the game. I remember being in the <laughs> in the truck, and we, I think, had to fill for four or five hours on on Saturday. Saturday and and that was uh, that was not uh, fun for for anyone, um, but as Pete Dye said in 2004 when I did his Distinguished Service Award piece, he said uh, my courses were able to handle the elements. That's what I'm most proud of. And heavy rain, it drained well. They then came out and played. I guess they paid 36. Um, I remember the lights on when everyone was practice putting. They had to turn on big stadium lights. And then uh, then you saw Rory at his best, totally dominating and winning by eight. So those are the things that stood out for me then. Just on Rory alone, it was his second major championship. It was the second one that he won by eight shots. And I remember him driving the ball that week. Pure poetry. Um, I saw last week, of course, he's been trying to get the ball and play a little bit more off and off the tee. But there were a few swings uh, 
when he blew it over the corner, for example, at the ninth at Quell Hall, it reminded me of this flashback. I still have it in my head. That that just that look, uh, that free flowing swing that he had that week at Kiowa. It was awesome, awesome to watch when he's driving the ball and he knows where it's going and he picks up the tee. There's something about that whole three or four second sequence to me that's as beautiful as there is of anything in the game. I have a five year old son, Jameson, who uh, I show him videos uh, all the time and he, he's hooked on the game. Um, it's pretty cool to see. But uh, the videos I show him are Rory McElroy. And um, that's how I try to teach him is I show him Rory swinging a golf club mm-hmm. and show videos of 2012 when he was driving the ball like that. So Here's the little man now. He stands up and he's got the at least the address. It looks like Rory. There's some parts of it that look really, you know, kind of cool and a little bit similar. Obviously, not quite there. But um, to me, that was pure poetry. That driving exhibition by Rory at Kiowa was one of the most beautiful things and dominant things I've ever seen in the game, to be honest. Nance doesn't think it's a coincidence that McElroy recently ended a year-and-a-half winless drought in front of fans in Charlotte where he and Pepper say having a crowd makes them feel normal again. Rory's performance last week, um, you could tell he was just energized by it. And uh, it was great for the game to see him back in the winner's circle and see the fans right there, too. It was a win for the fans. I would add just a little bit from behind the scenes. It was the first week that we've really had to build some time into the budget to get out to the golf course because you had to kind of wiggle your way through so many pockets of fans out there because there were so many good groups on the golf course and you had to kind of be aware of that. First time we've had to do that in over a year, as Jim said. It's going to sound silly, but look, our lives are so consumed by being entrusted with, with uh, attending and documenting these uh, major sporting events is so such a big part of our lives. And when you do travel around and you're living out of uh, hotels and you're going through airports and everything, it's been, you know, it's been a different year. I don't want to, I don't want to put an overemphasis on the difficulty of it. It's been hard for everyone around the globe, but I thought it was the most normal my world felt. Forget just the broadcast world. It was the most normal that my, my entire life felt in, um, since maybe March the 15th of 2020. It just, it was like the old routine. Felt good to have it back. Another major champion, Jordan Spieth, won his first tournament in nearly four years in April. Faldo and Nance like Spieth's chances as he attempts to add the PGA to his Masters, U.S. Open, and Open Championships. When we first went there in 91 for the Ryder Cup, you know, you could miss a, you could be 30 feet from the pin, you'd have two hits at it and it'd be in your pocket. <laughs> and that was, you, you couldn't finish the hole. So it's not quite as severe as that, but it's still... There's some incredibly, incredibly demanding and kind of, um, you know, you, you have to be innovative. You have to have some kind of repertoire of shots. So that's why, you know, you look at people, the great chippers, you know, and Jordan Spieth is, is obviously one of those right now. And so, and both seriously motivated. Rory would love to get back, back winning majors and Jordan has a chance of, of the Grand Slam. So, um, you know, outside of that, there's plenty of guys who, you know, first-time winners, maybe one of these youngsters, these young first-time winners who can be inspired. But I, but to be honest, I think it's, it's let's get through the first couple of days and see how they really settle down because it could be a, 
it could be hard work if the weather, I hope the weather's tough. I hope it's a difficult test, not impossible. So I, I think we'd have a really good shakeup Thursday and Friday, and then we'll have a great weekend. Nick just said, I think the biggest storyline of the whole PGA championship, and it just kind of went by. And that is that Jordan is once again, making yeah. <laughs> at the career grand slam. And we know how rare that is. And it didn't, in recent years, you didn't, it, because his game was his, he just wasn't informed. You, you really didn't emphasize that as a storyline mm. pre-tournament. He didn't really think about, well, that could actually happen this week. If he's well and he's got his strength back after revealing this week that he, um, mm. he's, he's come through COVID here in the last few weeks, uh, this is a very real possibility. And to me, that is story number one of the PGA Championship. So, Nick, thank you for uh, got there eventually. finding of us that because <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a chance and, and, wow, that would be. Well, I did put it on the radar. I think I, I did put it on the radar, Augusta, didn't I? Jordan, watch out for Jordan. If it's a, if it's a real scrambling test, yes, you did. I would be I'd be hugely motivated. It's unfortunate he he's uh, you know been ill, uh, had to recover because the chance of winning the Grand Slam is huge, and this one really is pretty good. It's horses for courses. This really could suit him if it's dry, firm, and it, and it's a scrambling test uh, around the greens. Really could suit him. CBS will track McElroy and Spieth as top storylines this weekend with innovations that have developed over the pandemic. Shy highlights a technology that tracks a ball in flight as well as special cameras, including one that took viewers up 18 and into the scoring cabin with Hideki Matsuyama at the Masters. Top tracer um, is so, you know, you get an immediate feedback and you don't have to go very far than just a Sunday at Rory right when it came at 18 hole, right when it came off the club, everyone that was watching knew where that ball was going. Um, I think that's, that's probably way up there. Um, the drones gives us such a sense of place and it captures angles that we've never been able to capture um, prior to just a few months ago. Um, and listen, the Atlas camera, we saw it in, in NFL. We saw it in those playoff games in the Super Bowl. And then to have that walk documented the way we had it from 18 green, the way Steve Milton did with that Atlas camera from 18 green of Hideki to the scoring cabin um, where you could see the tear uh, come down. It, uh, I think those, those three is, is – well, as Flycam, I think Flycam is starting to be a nice enhancement and reliable. Technological advances create greater accountability with more cameras, and CBS Sports Chairman Sean McManus says golf is no different than any other sport in helping officials make in-event calls. Golf is no different than any other sport. In NFL, the, uh, the officials use our replays to determine the outcome of a play in baseball. On a bang-bang play at first base, the television cameras are the determining factor of whether a runner is safe or, um, or not safe. Um, in basketball, um, you know, who touched the ball last before it went out of, out of bounds 
it's the television cameras that determine that. So I think it's, it's kind of accepted in the world of sports that television is going to play an integral role on the efficient officiating. And it's, it's really across the sport and in, um, uh, in most major sports right now. CBS will offer comprehensive coverage across CBS, CBS Sports Network, CBS Sports HQ, and CBSSports.com with broadcast coverage streaming live on Paramount+. Meanwhile, ESPN and ESPN Plus will offer 229 hours of live play when it combines its regular coverage with featured groups and featured holes. That's up 70% from 134 hours last year. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes and find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V dot com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early, so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.